about the CW's Rivertail that, who boy, we're stuck in the 1950s. I'm Alex. Help. If this is the last season, will I ever escape the dark? Hey, I'm starting to worry. I'm Justin. And we are going to be talking all about the absolutely wild, almost two minute long, I think, Riverdale season seven trailer that just dropped today. Now, you might notice Pete, our third co-host, is not here today. That's because he saw this trailer and died. Pete is dead. That's too bad. But it was so he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle it. Uh, To be honest, he probably saw the entire lack of bughead and completely doped out. But we won't get too much into that. (laughs) Let's do, here's what we're going to do here is we're going to talk about general impressions because this is definitely not what I was expecting, though I should have been expecting it, I guess. And then we'll go beat by three, beat through some of the bigger moments in the trailer as we break them down. So, Justin, why don't you take it away? What were your general impressions of this? I loved it. Like, this trailer does so much. It opens the door for truly anything goes in this season in a really smart way. Cause I feel like leaving last season where we were and it felt like, Oh, how are we going to deal with the whole Riverdale gang being stuck in the fifties? And actually I think the, this trailer proves the opposite is happening. The whole world is opening up. Um, any ship can happen. We're dealing with everyone's uh, personal uh, characteristics, their choices in a very basic way. I think this season's going to be boiling it down to what, who everyone is at their core. Jughead is the only one who knows what the fuck is happening. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a hell of a place to start. I like, I could, I could monologue forever, but like truly, I think this, my full takeaway is like, this opens a door to anything. There were two big reactions that I had from here. One is over the months since we've known that they're going to be stuck in the 1950s and we've seen them filming. They're going at least through mid-season. They're still in the 1950s. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a time jump of some sort after that, but they're definitely still there, at least probably through like episode 10, 11, something like that. So we're going to be in here for a while. So a lot of fans have been talking about, and I honestly, I think mentally sort of started to buy into this hype, even though I didn't totally believe it, of like, Oh, we're going back to basic Archie comics. You know, we're going to have a weird first episode as Tabitha, the guardian angel, comes back and talks to Jughead. And then we're going to be all past that. It's going to be all sock ops and fun. So, no, no, of course not. Of course, Riverdale isn't going to do that. Riverdale is going to go batshit insane in the final season, throw everything at the wall. 
hundred things you couldn't expect, and then a hundred things beyond that. Of course, that's what they're going to do. So that's the first thing. The second reaction is I, as I saw a lot of other people online, had a very visceral reaction to a lot of the stuff in the trailer. Particularly, I'm sure we'll talk about all the couple stuff. You may suspect that there's one particular couple thing that I took exception to. Perhaps yes, you mad? Are you mad, dog? I, yeah, I'm mad, mad online, but. Here's the thing. The point of a trailer is to get a reaction from you and get you talking about that thing. That's literally the only thing it's there for. Certainly, it's supposed to give you a sense of the season, an idea of the season. But my suspicion is they're probably only working off of about four episodes here, which is still a lot yeah. of stuff. But it's showing you that things are going to happen that you don't absolutely don't want to happen, that are going to make you mad. Things are going to happen that you do want to happen, that are going to make you excited. You don't know the context yet. You don't know how they're going to happen. Uh, we're certainly going to speculate about it a lot of here on the podcast. But as a trailer, 100% did its job. So I was very happy about that. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, and uh, like I've said, like this could, is a great trailer, but this could also be the first one minute and 51 <laughs> seconds of the actual season because Riverdale moves fast. And what I love about this is this moves the sort of uh, lines, the the areas we always talk about to the furthest away from where they were. You've got Betty and Kevin together. You've got um, Archie and Cheryl together. Like Jughead, like, uh, yeah, on his own, kissing Veronica. Like we are in areas we haven't touched. And I love that because it's controversial. It's going to make people like Alex um, uh, scream quietly mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. their pillows for the next month. Uh, but it, what it also what it also does is it gives us a great starting point where they can move in so many directions to get us to what they what Riverdale thinks is the endpoint for all of these ships. And I'm fucking excited for the ride. Well, OK, I want to throw something out at you. And this is still on a general thing, though. I think we're probably going to get into some specifics here. There are so many things happening in this trailer. I think the biggest things that I was surprised about is we knew from Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa talking about it. The first episode is going to deal with the ramifications of last season. Jughead remembers what happened in the modern era. He knows that they're all back in time. We see that in the trailer here where he's telling everybody about it. And Tabitha is going to come as the guardian angel of Riverdale and interact with him in some way. That's sort of all we know about that. But we do know that's going to bring closure to that plot line. But in the second episode, something dark happens that is unexpected that kind of kicks us seemingly into the plot or one of the plots of the season. So we certainly get a sense of a lot of that stuff in the trailer. But my question for you is, how much of this is real and what do we think the structure here is? And what I mean by that is there's stuff where like... It looks like maybe Ethel uses a buzzsaw and chops up Archie. It looks like maybe Betty dies of a seizure. Are we getting another Rivervale-style anthology thing? Are they dream sequences? What do you think is happening? Um, I think, because I, I thought about this a lot, because I thought at first, like, oh, this is going to be a Rivervale-type thing where we're going to have a lot of things happen here and then we're going to leave them behind. But my deeper thinking on it, is that it's going to be more about showing the town with Pep, the idealized river Riverdale that everyone talks about and has talked about, like the the town that Jughead ha has said, like, well, a darkness seeped into this perfect place. And what this season's going to show is like it was never perfect. Mm -hmm. We're going to show it as what they think is perfect and sh slowly show that it is not perfect at all. And all of this darkness has always been there. 
Yeah. And that and, to me is where we're getting, where we're going. Well, and I think that it comes across pretty clearly in how KJ Appa is playing Archie in this trailer, where he is finally, after seven seasons, 100% the G whiz, golly willikers Archie that we know from the classic comics. And I think what we're going to get, because he's the way they think about him in the show, he is the avatar for the town in a certain way, or the idealized version of the town at the very least, is. Is he going to be chipped away at by these dark things that are creeping around the edges, by these real things that are happening as well? We see, like, Kevin is very clearly closeted here and yeah. is in love with newcomer who is named Clay Walker, I think it is, probably. Uh, and Cheryl is clearly burning a torch for Tony, regardless yep. of what's going on with Archie. So we're going to have that stuff bubbling below the surface. Uh, just to wrap up, and then I'll turn it over to you, I think... Mm. Archie is the one that this is going to be a lot focused on. You know, I think he is going to be the one, if you're correct about, is that darkness creeping in? He's the one that will get worn down or will lift yeah. them up eventually. Well, and that, I like that because if Jughead is going to be sort of the one who knows, the like straight man, as it were, who like is aware of everything, then it's going to be Archie's the barometer that we're going to slowly see brought to the reality that Jughead already knows. And I, I like that. I think that's that's a really great way to bring the themes of the entire show together where it's about – uh, in the in the first couple seasons, it was about like showing Archie for what he was and showing the seething underbelly that was ready to be exposed over the course of the show. And in this, it's the flip. It's like he is pure, and we're gonna he's gonna be brought to bear and shown what the reality of the world is. And that's that's a fun coda, a fun way to sort of show each side um, of what. Archie is for this whole series. Well, let's talk about the jughead of it all for a second, because I still am of the suspicion that somewhere in the first episode, guardian angel Tabitha is going to make some sort of deal with him to clearly he wants to leave the 1950s and he's trying to convince everybody to do that. I think he ultimately might be won over by the end of the first episode and be like, you know what? It is better here. Everybody is happier. Look at my friend Archie. And I do think he's going to forget. And my evidence for this is him making out with Veronica, a thing that I yeah. don't think he would do if Tabitha is still in the picture. Well, he's always said like, the like he wants to be part of that perfect Riverdale, but he's just too aware of what's happening around him and he can't let it go. And so this is his idealized Riverdale at the beginning. And I think to your point, I think he is going to try to commit to it. But the reality of it and sort of the storyteller that Jughead is, who's always plucking away at either a laptop or in this case, a weird ass typewriter that we see here. Um, he can't help but try to tell that secret story of Riverdale. Well, let me throw out a theory at you to get back to the structure of the whole thing. I agree with you. I don't think they're just going to do Rivervale again because the show doesn't really repeat itself, at least in terms of plot. That's not what it does. It just barrels on forward. But I do think we might get something like dream sequences and potentially musical dream sequences, because mm. if you think about it, the show does so many musical numbers anyway, right? And everybody's been asking, oh, what musical are you going to do for the final season? They may still have a musical episode, but I almost feel like in the 1950s setting, it makes more sense to almost do like a mini musical every episode, you know, or well, a musical number that takes you into this dreamland 
just to throw out my evidence for that, I think Betty having the straight up John Waters hairspray hairstyle, yeah. you throw in a musical number from hairspray, that montage of everybody vociferously making out with each other. I almost felt like that could be to touch me from Rocky horror picture show. So okay. you get a lot of stuff in there potentially that people have been asking for all over the seasons without having to do a full on musical episode because the whole thing's a musical. Well, I would say that like um, it feels like rather than having those like really focused musical episodes, it's about this idealized 1950s Riverdale. So the musical numbers will just occur naturally. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be dream se- sequences, um, uh, potentially. It could just be, like, what happens. They just burst into song because it is that if it's Jughead's perception and he's watching this perfect Riverdale, of course they're going to burst into song whenever but it feels But don't you feel right. like if on Riverdale the characters just suddenly burst into song, that would break the reality of the show, don't you think? What is the reality of the show, no, kid? I'm, like, what are you even talking about? I'm kidding. About? They've done that all the time, even outside of the 1950s. It's fine. It's not that Anything. much of a stretch. I want to throw out one other piece of evidence, though, actually, is we tweeted out through the Riverdale After Dark account, what if every episode is a musical episode? And our friends at Imperial Mammoth, who do the music for the show, we interviewed on the podcast, retweeted it. So, I don't know. That's, well, not, that's me, not confirming it, but... And those guys, we, we when we talked to them, they were like, yeah, it's a lot of work. We just keep grinding out of songs. And I'm like, this is their marathon. Mm-hmm. This is their Olympics, like trying to crush through whatever this final season in. It, it, there's going to be so many songs. They're going to throw everything at the board. And I want to say, coming off this trailer, I feel like so much of this is about like defining who these people are. There's so much like sex in this trailer there's so much like what what is that what is who people have feelings for like what there, there's going to be so much definition happening in this season in a way that i'm so excited for well and i hope so because what is sex i haven't been able to find out if i could finally find out through watching riverdale that would be wonderful this is my only way to learn about it and yeah. i've learned um some things but not enough yeah they don't really make a lot of sense to be honest but yeah i don't know riverdale they could make sense tear I'm- the heart out <laughs> of the person you like i guess is what i've been thinking mm-hmm. bake bake them a pie bake them a sex pie and then tear their heart out that's how you wow. have sex i love sex pie at a restaurant <laughs> Just to mention about the episodes, I think we talked about this in the previous podcast, but the names of the first four episodes, which I do think is give, a, give us a little bit more indication of the structure and what's happening in this trailer. The first one is Don't Worry, Comma, Darling, um, which... Smart. Smart. Then Skip, Hop, and Thump. I think we see a little bit of the sock hop in here where Fangs Fogarty is this rocker, this swooning rocker who's going to sing at... Sockop. Elvis-esque. Yeah, but the more pertinent ones, episode three is called Sex Education, and episode four is Love and Marriage. And my suspicion is, obviously, we're going to have ongoing plots, but I do think this, like, what is sex thing will probably happen in episode three, and that's where we get all of that stuff. And then episode four, Love and Marriage, is the one where Cheryl and Archie decide to get married. Probably, if we want to start getting into this thing that, like, Makes me bothering you specifically. Yeah, makes me you know die inside. Is uh, I I do think it's a beard thing. Absolutely, like Cheryl. I think where Kevin is with Betty, and clearly like 
not open about his sexuality, but clearly dealing with it in a different way where he's pining for clay. Maybe they're together. Maybe they're not. My guess is in classic Cheryl fashion, she is having these feelings for Tony that she doesn't understand. And she is overcompensating in the opposite direction by being like, I have feelings for Tony. What am I feeling? Oh, you know what? I got to marry Archie. That's what I got to do. It's a very Cheryl move to commit to something like that. But but that's why, let me just say, when you break down those episodes, like, let's not forget, this season it's going to go so hard. They mm-hmm. know they're running out of time. The clock is ticking, so <laughs> everything matters. Every frame, every minute on film is important here because they know it's their last chance to do all of this stuff. So not to set the stakes at the most height possible, <laughs> but th- I, I do think that's where we are. So that's why I think th- that progression of episodes you just named is intense. It's going to move quickly. And that's why I like what you're saying. I like that we're mm-hmm. going to get through that and we're going to get these characters reacting constantly to their situation. And Cheryl's with Archie. I feel like they're going to play that relationship as sort of, there is a little bit of connection there. But you're going to see Cheryl immediately looking out toward Tony. Mm-hmm. You're going to see Betty trying to make it work with Kevin, just basing on the, based on the trailer. But Kevin also trying a little bit, but also like looking outward. Like there's going to be so much shifting perspective in this that is so exciting. It's like all of the shifts happening in every direction at once this season. Totally. The only thing that I'd add there is seeing Cheryl kissing Archie makes me feel bad. But let's move on. Yeah, and you're talk. mad. You're mad about yeah, it. I'm mad. But let me say, like, that's what this is about. It's <laughs> no, about like the situations people like you. You should feel excited about that stress. That's mm-hmm. what this show is about. And that's they will satisfy that stress. I think as much as you're mad right now. No, I feel like I'm talking to Pete right now. As <laughs> no, I know you're mad, but you're going to feel good eventually. I, I believe no, I, I believe know, in Shoney. There Shoney is Shoney show in the strong. Very clearly. There's two Shoney things here. One in that sex montage. We do get a very quick shot of Tony and Cheryl about to kiss. And then there's what looks like a dance. Have you watched that a couple times? Sorry to interrupt. Have you watched that part a couple times? And they have like maybe more than they are to you? Have I made an edit that is just that three frame shot and uh, no other part of the trailer? Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah, I have. No, there is the other sequence, though, that looks like there's some sort of dream ballet thing going on with Tony, where Cheryl is sitting and watching her. Certainly seems like she has an orgasm at the end uh, of that sequence. So, again, I think that gets back to those repressed feelings, but I do think they're going to come out. And I think this is the only thing that I am sure about in this final season is I do think they're going to end with Shoney. They are going to end up there, but they're going to they're going to make you work for it. I agree. And let me say the repression. I think this trailer is about saying like, hey, gang, Mm -hmm. we're all going to have to repress some of our wants (laughs) at the start of the season. But the point is, like sex, the release will eventually be worth it. And I think this show in this season is going to put us through it here in a great, satisfying way. So we just have to be along for the ride. And let me also say it's a shame Pete's not here. But I also think the way they're positioning it, all ships are on the table. Mm. I think the door is open for a lot of possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, of course, Barchi, ride or die. I do think, like, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know that the journey of this season is do going to be something think, that none of us can predict. I mean, we're d- dancing around it. Do you think Bughead is on the table here? 
I think they're, I think they're, Buckhead is on the table, and I think they're going to gesture to in a way that we don't know exactly what it will be. I still believe Barchi is the end game that we're mm-hmm. going to get to, uh, but I think anything is possible. And I think that's the genius of the, what this trailer does and what this reset in the 50s does is it puts us completely off kilter and it puts all the characters in a place where they're like, wait, what are we doing? And Jughead has to tell them. And so like anything goes, it's like a, a season one where this could, this is literally a one a episode that we're dealing with. Yeah. And that is very exciting. Why don't we go through some of the plot points, plot points, some of the quick seeds in the trailer that we haven't talked about yet. I'll go in order here. So we actually start with this great sock hop thing happening in pops and we get to see the jukebox. I love this little touch. I don't know if it's actually in the show, but it's a very fun thing for the trailer where we get to see three songs on the jukebox, Rock Around the Clock, Riverdale Final Season, and Great Balls of Fire. And I really hope they perform Riverdale Final Season, the song. Do you think they yeah. will? <laughs> yeah, dream. Can't wait to hear uh, the lyrics to that. Yeah. And then as we talked about, Jughead is on his typewriter, his old timey typewriter in Pops, which I thought was a very funny shot that he's like lugging his typewriter in there. They're in 1955. He tells Archie, Tony, Cheryl, Betty, Kevin and Veronica that they're trapped back in time. And they're all like, "Ooh, uh, that seems ridiculous. What are you talking about? We see Tabitha getting off the bus. We know that they specifically designed it because she wasn't there in the show. Originally, they felt like they needed to figure out a way to get her to come into town my opinion, not entirely necessary, but it's okay. They'll make it work. Uh, and then Kevin and Betty are together, like we've talked about. We hear none of them remember our lives from before. Archie seems great. And then here's another shot that sent my alarm bells off. We get a very quick shot here in the trailer of Cheryl in her car, and she has the Mrs. Grundy heart glasses and does the same looking down over the glasses thing, which seems like a very clear shout out to that uh, iconic nausea-inducing shot for the first season where she's scouting out Archie. That worried me as well i just want to say well why does that worry you what worries you about i don't that? i don't like equating cheryl with grundy okay i don't like grundy she's a child molester i'm gonna take a hard stance and <laughs> yeah. say i don't like child molesters i'm sorry I get, no, that's that's a strong take no but what i'm saying is i think that's about that's a shot that to me is an archie perception shot mm-hmm. and like i could see cheryl wearing those glasses just as um uh, her life choice but that's about archie seeing that and seeing like oh that's what i'm attracted to so i i don't think it's trying to make a connection between cheryl and grundy i think it's about an archie viewpoint situation i think you're right about that i'm just on the lookout for all of these things <clears throat> But That's but I also thing. get like why they're doing stuff like that because it's like connecting back to the beginning. It's like when you're ending a show, of course mm-hmm. you're going to draw all the connections you can. They're going to eat the whole lunch. They're going to eat everything they put on the table. Well, that's what and I was going to say on the that. positive sense of it. I there may be some other things that I didn't necessarily pick up on. There's at least one other thing that I don't know if I'd call it an Easter egg, but it kind of is an Easter egg that we'll talk about in a second. But it indicates to me that they're going to have these little Easter eggs for all these previous seasons littered throughout absolutely everything. The show is already is good at that, about picking up its detritus and putting it in different places and making references to it and bringing back things you never thought they'd expect. So, yes, that that's the positive thing about that. We get a quick shot of Betty and Archie doing the twist in, I believe, Great. Betty's bedroom. Uh, cutting to them having a milkshake together. 
like very close classic mm-hmm. Archie cover style, almost ready to kiss. Yep. Uh, and then we find out they're juniors in high school. So they are in fact straight back to the beginning here. Uh, Betty is trying to get with Kevin. He doesn't want it. We find out that Fangs Fogarty is going to be playing the dance. Um, Kevin doesn't want Betty. We get shots of him looking over at Clay Walker. And then we meet Veronica. Uh, Veronica is a celebrity from Hollywood. Archie is very earnestly excited about it. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit on the previous podcast, but what was your sense of Veronica from this trailer? Well, uh, the the fact that she's a celebrity is interesting. It feels like uh, the the in the comics, Veronica is just rich, you know, like moving to town, basically. So to put the celebrity on it is sort of a bit of a hat on a hat. So I'm intrigued about what that means for her, because she could easily just be moving from New York and be rich. I do wonder, though, if part of the utility of it, and this is a very calculated way of looking at it, is neither of Veronica's parents are probably going to be on the show this season. So her being a self-sustaining Hollywood starlet who has a lot of money coming out and doing to Riverdale, maybe that's a little smart. easier to logically explain than she's just coming out from New York for no reason. Um, that's a great point from a utility point of view, but I wonder how, how they will use her celebrity in mm-hmm. the show. Like, will it be something where she is uh, working in uh, some sort of famous take a way? I'm going wild like, stab and say she might sing some songs. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Wow. Great take. Yeah. I'm, I'm having some take. hot takes tonight is what's going on yeah. here. Then we see Cheryl and Archie kissing on a snowy bridge. Betty's uh, very surprised says you and Cheryl are getting married. Do you think based on this trailer, are Betty and Archie kind of together? Are they friends? What's going on there? It seems like Betty's with Kevin, right? Yes, I think Betty's with Kevin, um, but like, and I feel like they're an ongoing relationship that she's struggling to push forward. And Kevin is, um, as we know, um, looking elsewhere. So I think that uh, Betty and Archie are friends. We're getting into the more classic relationship they have, girl next door, boy next door. But I think we're going to get some of that Barchi heat very quickly. And then I'll be looking for that. Yeah, you'll be on the hot lookout. Then say no more, Mrs. Andrews. He's smiling. They're sitting in pops together. Uh, Betty doing the hairspray hairdo. And then we start to twist things into darkness about halfway through the trailer. We see what looks like maybe somebody trapped in a box or something like that. I assume that's from the same Mm -hmm. episode where Ethel is cutting up people with a buzzsaw, perhaps. We see Tony dancing. Then there's a basketball kid. I don't think it was Dilton. I don't want to be, you know, like it was just a guy wearing glasses, but... Look yeah. like classic Dilton. Fair point. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I think it's a different actor though, so I don't think it is him. But he's covered in blood, very similarly to how Ethel later in the trailer is covered in blood. Then we get a whole sex montage kicking off with Betty saying she wants to cram for learning about sex. And Veronica, I believe, says, lustful sex, did you say? And then we get the montage, and here's the couples of the montage. We see, I believe, Veronica and Archie, Cheryl and Tony. Kevin and Clay, a uh, shot of a hot male bod, which I think is Archie, maybe. Uh, then Archie. Fair, fair and, guess. Fair guess if it's a shirtless bad. Archie and Cheryl, uh, and she's eating his whole face there in that shot. And then Betty and Archie. And it cuts to Kevin saying, is that like an orgy? So I think that sequence is imagined, honestly. Like, I don't think. Agreed. The, yeah. 
I don't think they're really doing that. But then we get something that I do think is real, which is Veronica and Jughead clinking milkshakes. Clearly, they're making some sort of deal together. And then they kiss. Um, if uh, I want to throw out a theory that contradicts what I said earlier. If Jughead does Finally. remember everything, I feel like he might team up with Veronica to figure stuff out. Like, she might be the one person who believes him. Uh, I think that's fair. Though I also bet that... I don't think we're going to have every episode Jughead being like, guys, guys, I know what's real. <laughs> I think that's going to be set at a point and then life will continue. So they could be clinking about literally anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be clinking about trying to um, get Betty in a better place. They could be clinking about um, him and Tabitha. Like they could be clinking about just so many things. So Milkshakes. I, I don't know how – they could just love a, a great um, a bunch of dairy, uh, getting some um, vitamin D into their bodies. So I don't know. I don't know if they are a natural team up where she will buy into his um, fantastical understanding that he knows the future and they don't understand it. <laughs> well, yes. And again, I really do feel pretty strongly that if Jughead keeps remembering he would still want to be with Tabitha. So I, I think he probably Agreed. does forget at some point. We see the Tony dancing, Cheryl watching her scene we talked about before. And then here's the second kind of Easter eggy thing. There's a character that says these sorts of things don't happen in Riverdale, who seems to be Warden Norton from the jail. Mm. Uh, yeah. The one who I believe died playing Griffiths and Gargoyles, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe he's the principal of the school. Maybe he's in some other capacity. But it was interesting seeing him back, particularly. Then we get a quick shot of Jughead punching Archie. Here's my suspicion about that. I think that's in probably the first episode. And he's probably doing like, a, oh, yeah, why won't you just be the Archie I know and tries to punch him? And Archie's probably like, gee whiz, Jughead, why'd you do that? And it frustrates Jughead. So I, I think it's more of like a jokey punch than an actual punch, potentially. Wow. Um, I think that could be true. I think we are going to have to settle into not conflict for a while on this uh, season because we're coming pretty cold into the situation and then conflict will arise. And I think it will be what you talked about earlier where it's going to be sort of horrifying. Yeah. Well, speaking of horrifying, then we get what looks like, well, it's Archie tied to a table, looks like Ethel with a buzzsaw coming towards him, Archie screaming, and then she comes out covering in blood and says something terrible has happened. So what do you think? Is this Archie dying once again on the show? I don't think they're going to do that. It, that feels like they can't repeat that, like, careless, let's kill these people and just reset thing. I do think there's a there's a couple of things here. Either it's going to be a homegrown 1950s-style horror situation, which is cool and interesting, or the reality of Riverdale or the reality of our world will start to creep into the 1950s version. You have someone like Ethel who seems more sensitive to this incursion of them being thrown into the past and she will fly off the handle and become a a killer. Yeah, uh, that's definitely possible. And considering 
if we they do want to tie everything together, that she and Dilton were two of the people who were stuck in Riverdale and kind of understood everything that's going on. That might be a way of looping that all together. Well, it's a way in a way like Jughead could be sort of an infection into this idyllic. We've we've seen over the course of the series, we've seen a lot of flashes of what idyllic Riverdale is. Mm-hmm. And if we're actually living in that for this, like I think them Jughead being uh, this little scent of what Riverdale actually is, where there is darkness, him being something that expands out into everyone else makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Then we see Betty having a seizure, which we mentioned earlier. And then a very interesting shot. I thought we get a shot from last season of Cheryl making the comet explode. The thing that ostensibly sent us to the 1950s in the first place. I was very surprised to see that for the, the throw that shot in there. What do you think's going on? Uh, to take that much ownership of how wild and like X-Men sci-fi mm-hmm. fantasy we got to last season, I thought was interesting. And I, I don't actually know if they're going to make a lot of reference to that or try to like wrap that into the story. I think it was there to be like, hey, remember, we go hard. <laughs> we go hard on this show. And I think it was to be like, hey, you think that's all cool? Wait do you see what we're about to do. It was almost like a proof of concept that they were throwing out there. Yeah, I could see that. It's just structurally a strange thing to throw something from the previously on towards the end of something that is the currently on or coming soon. You know, that's not normally how you do it. You would do quick shots of them having superpowers leading up to Cheryl blowing up the comet, Jughead waking up in the 1950s. So I do think it's still going to play it in some way or alternately, they just need to fill some time in the trailer. So either way. Well, I don't because I don't think it was meant to be like, hey, remember this plot point. I think it was a thematic reminder And if they do pay it off as a part of the plot, I think it's meant to be like, hey, guys, everything matters here. Mm -hmm. If you think this is the craziest thing we ever did on Riverdale, we own that and we're going to do more. So, like, I'm not I'm not scared of it. To me, that's not a reminder of something. I've been screaming. You you seem you seem scared. You seem scared. Oh, my gosh. Hiding under my bed right now. Hiding under my bed with my pillow that I am screaming in. Doing all of those things at the same time. I can multitask. Then we get Veronica saying, trust me, nothing is ever going to be the same. And following that, I was so excited to see this. I can't believe he's back. My favorite character from Riverdale, finally at the final season, old man blowing out a match. Uh, Obviously, we haven't seen him in a good long time. He's still doing the same thing, blowing out a match. What did you think? Were you excited to see old man blowing out a match here? I wish he could just pay his power bill so he didn't <laughs> he didn't have to be truly uh, committing to candlelight as a thing. Um, I, I don't know what this means. I don't know <laughs> if it means anything. I think it's just a cool thing to throw in here. All right. Fair enough. And then what, what do you what are the deeper understanding? No, I don't have know? any deeper meaning. It was just one of those things that felt very Riverdale to me where we got to see all these rando characters in the trailer for that in particular. And we were like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? And ultimately it was like, well, that's an old bad blowing out a batch, but he looks very creepy. Yeah. So I, I think it just means that there's darkness in this world as well. Like we've been talking about. And the last thing is a very cute moment with Jughead and Tabitha where he says, awesome. And then uh, realizes what he's saying and says, uh, I mean, swell. And I assume this is something for the first episode. If he forgets, it probably is before that. Otherwise, if he doesn't forget, I think that indicates that they have decided to pretend 
and be in the 1950s potentially. So there's two ways they could go there. I I think it's telling that um, Jughead is with Tabitha in the final shot here. Like as much as I say all ships are on the table, I believe in Jabatha, and I think this was an indication that that is an important relationship. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, listen, going into this season, just based on the last season, you got Barchi, you got Shoni, you got uh, Jabatha, and then you have this new ship based on the trailer from Kevin and Clay. Um, I don't know what's going on with Fangs necessarily. I guess we'll have to see what happens. And uh, obviously there's like and a couple Veronica, of other ships there. Where does is, where is Veronica land in that rubric? Yeah, I, that's a good question as well. I think the main thing, though, is if this is only based on the first four episodes, or even if it's based on the first five episodes, or even if they threw in one shot from the 10th episode, this is a minute and 51 of footage, and that's it. So like you're saying, I think we could see some indications here of potentially where they could go. But we don't really know. We don't know. This is 22 hours in the future. We will eventually find out where this all ends up. Could be anywhere. But right now, I'm very excited. I'm also very excited. And it's fair to say none of what we've seen is in, in, an indication of where we're going to end up. This is all just um, a big a starting point. Yeah. And I do have one prediction that I'm very confident of that I want to throw out there. And this is based. Let me guess. What? Shoney, some Shoney related. Uh, oh, okay. Actually, two of them. One is Shoney as Endgame. The second one is this is just based on us doing this podcast for the past six seasons plus multiple episodes in between. Everything we said here is going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will say I feel like we'll get one right. We'll get one right. Yeah, we'll get one win, and we just got to remember to brag about it eventually. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but let's remind ourselves to be real cocky yeah, about in it. In August, we'll be like, we know it. We, we nailed that. Old man uh, played out that, a match. He was yeah, the most exactly. important character. We knew it all the way back then. And all of you, we're very excited to go on this ride in this final season with you. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, I got very excited. Like, I was definitely in this holding pattern. Seeing this trailer, I was like, it's all happening. Here we go. Back to the crazy. Truly, it opened my eyes back to like, yes, the chaos. <laughs> the chaos is back, and I love it. I can't wait to try to be like, oh, 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 oh. Oh, that's what I see. With, I see what they're doing. Now. <laughs> oh, it's going to be great. Very exciting ride. And for all of you out there, if you'd like to support this podcast and the other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube and Facebook. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook. Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. After dark and oh. before the end of Riverdale. Oh, so sad. Oh.